Jeremiah 31, verse 3, it says, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Today's message title is Mercy and Forgiveness. How many are thankful for God's mercy today? Hallelujah. The mercy of God, the forgiveness of God, and, and none of us would be where we are today without his mercy and without his forgiveness. But his mercy is available. God is a God of mercy. Hallelujah. And his mercy is reaching out to us. And so in this particular verse, it says, The Lord hath appeared unto me, saying, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. <coughs> Excuse me. I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Everlasting love, we would uh, say eternal love. Eternal love, everlasting love, is an endless love. So this endless love that God has for us will never end. It will never quit. It will never give up on you. It'll always be for you. It'll always be there. Hallelujah. And the Father is in the room. Hallelujah to Jesus. I said the Father is in the room. And so God is a good God. And every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And God being a good God, one of the most wonderful things about God is, is that he is love. God is love. God is love. He's not just one that has love. He is love. That's his nature. That's who he is. He is love. God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. So God is love, and his love dwells on the inside of you and me. And thank God he put his love in you when you got born again. The love of God. It's something that you can develop in, you can grow in, you can uh, expand. But yet, uh, God's love is in you. You're born of God. You're born of love. So God has put his love nature on the inside of you as a believer. Well, God is love, and he has loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, he has drawn you with loving kindness. God's loving kindness has drawn you. Now, not only when you were born again has his loving kindness drawn you. How many, when you got saved, I mean, you recognize God's love and his kindness, his loving kindness was drawing you. But God not only drew you one time to himself, but God will continually draw you to himself. Because he wants to be with you. He wants time with you. He wants you to be in his presence. And in his presence is fullness of joy. And his right hand is our pleasures forevermore. So God draws us with his loving kindness. God is not mad at you. God loves you. God is a friend. 
sticks closer than a brother. God is a friend that won't never leave you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you so that you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So God is your helper. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. So he's always there. Hallelujah to Jesus. He's always present. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 49. Isaiah chapter 49. And we'll begin with verse 14. In verse 14, it says, But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Have you ever felt like the Lord has forsaken you and the Lord has forgotten you? Well, they felt that way, and they were verbalizing, communicating, The Lord has forgotten, forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. Verse 15 is God's answer and response. Can a woman forget her sucking child? That she should not have compassion on the son of her womb. Yea, they may forget. I read it slow on purpose. Yea, they may forget. Can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should have compassion on the son of her womb? And that would be not likely, but in our world today, many have forsaken their own child. Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. So God says, I will not forget you. They may forget. He used the best illustration he could, he could come up with, obviously. He's God, and he's smart, and he put it in the Bible. And he said, can a woman forget her sucking child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? She may forget, but I will not forget thee. So God's not going to forget you. He's not going to forsake you. He said he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Here he says he'll never forget you. So God won't forget you when you're in your worst. When you're at the worst place in your life, in the most broken place in your life, in the the most... uh, destructive place in your life. God is there. Now you can say God's everywhere, but not he's not just everywhere. He's there. In other words, he's with you. He's never left you. He never forsook you. When you were thinking God has forsaken you, Where's God in this situation? Where's God when I'm going through this? Well, where he is is right there. And the wonderful thing about God, he's God and he can be everywhere at the same time. 
And another wonderful thing about God is that he can be personal to you and he can be personal to billions of other people at the same time. Because he's God. And he's a relational God. And so he loves you. And in your worst, at your worst position in life, the psalmist David said, you brought me out of a horrible pit. And I can say I felt like God brought me out of a horrible pit. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his mercy. Hallelujah to Jesus. I said, thank God for his mercy. God's mercy endures forever. How many are glad his mercy endures forever? That when we are in the pit and we don't know how we got there, we don't know what happened, don't know uh, what's going on, and yet you're just seeing the pit walls. But God. Hallelujah. God knows how to get in the pit with you (laughs) and take you out. He knows how to get in a dark place with you and reach down for you and pick you up. God knows how to lift you when you're in your lowest point in life. Praise God. He knows to take you out of darkness into light. Hallelujah. According to the word of God, you've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. But sometimes Christians, even though they've been delivered from the power of darkness, they still get trapped somehow, get snared or somehow uh, fall in the pit or fall in a trap. And, and, And God, thank God, he's still God. And he's still good and he's still merciful and he still loves you. He has everlasting love and he has a love that won't quit. He has a love that won't give up on you. A love that keeps reaching out and drawing you with his loving kindness. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah to Jesus. He said, I will not forget you. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Behold, I have graven thee. Now, this is Isaiah, but I see this as he said, I've graven thee in the palms of my hands. I see this as Jesus on the cross. Now, it could be have a double meaning, but surely it could. It could mean Jesus on the cross and his hands, the nail prints in his hand, the nails went into his hand, nailed him to the cross. He is forever got us in his hands. I said he has forever got us in his hands. We are graven into the hands of Jesus, graven into the hands of God, and God has his hand on you. And his hand is a hand of grace. His hand is a hand of mercy. His hand is a hand of love. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now let's go to the New Testament. And we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 10. 
And we'll look to verse 14. Hebrews chapter 10. And verse 14. Thank you, Jesus. In Hebrews 10, verse 14, it says, For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. By one offering, by one offering of the Lord Jesus Christ, he has perfected forever. So what Jesus did, he did once. What Jesus did, he did once and for all. What Jesus did, he did once and for all time. And what Jesus did, he did once for eternity. Hallelujah to Jesus. Eternity doesn't have time. There's no time in eternity. It's forever. Hallelujah. But Jesus did it for us. He hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Wherefore the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he said before, this is the covenant. That I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts. And in their minds will I write them. I will put my laws into their hearts. And in their minds will I write them. So God will put his laws, his word in our hearts and in our minds. Write them upon our minds. Thank God, the Word of God has the power to renew your mind, to change the way you think. We all need some mind renewal. There's no one in the room that doesn't need some help in this area and uh, continual basis. As long as we live here in this earth, we will need some help with the mind renewal process. Be not conformed to this world. Romans 12 says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Praise God. So mind renewal is a part of your life process. And you live in a world that can easily clutter your mind with thoughts that are contrary to God, contrary to his word. So therefore, uh, the devil, of course, uh, accommodates that process and hits your mind thoughts hit your mind you have to deal with it with the word of God the word of God has the power to renew your mind to change the way you think how many can say I'm a candidate praise the Lord alright so then he says this covenant I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord, I'll put my laws in their hearts and write them, and in their minds I will write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. So you've been forever forgiven, and your sin has been forgotten. Their sins and iniquity will I remember no more. Now, he said to us that he loves us with an everlasting love. He draws us with loving kindness. He says that he will not forget us. 
Even if a woman would forsake her child, he will not forget you. He says that he will not forget you, but he will forget your sin. Now that would mean when you got born again, God gave you eternal life and your sins were forgiven. Your sins were remitted. Your sins were wiped away or blotted out or they were dissolved and they were gone. There's a song that I listened to about the blood and it says, in, the, in part of the song it says, my sins were gone my sins forgot. My sins were gone. My sins forgot because of the blood of Jesus. So then when you got saved, got born again, God didn't uh, hold your sins in a little bag to say, we'll see if they'll make it. No, God forgot your sins. He forgave your sins and he forgot your sins. And then along your way, as everybody in the room has had to say, Father God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. At some point or another, I'm sure you've had to say, Father, I'm sorry. I recognize what I did was wrong. My attitude, my words, my actions, whatever I did here was wrong. And confess your sin. But what does 1 John say? If, you, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, he cleanses us from all unrighteousness according to his word. When we confess our sin, he cleanses us the first time. Not the fifth time. In other words, the first time you confess your sin. Now, the, the devil will try to remind you of it. But God forgave you the first time. When you, for, when you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you your sin. And how does he forgive your sin? Based on going all the way back to the cross. The same blood. The same cross. The same death. The same resurrection. The same reconciliation. He doesn't have to go and die on the cross again. He did it once. He did it once and he did it forever. So Jesus' death and his blood never gets old. It's always fresh. It's always still capable of washing away your sin, cleansing your sin. And so when you confess your sin... The moment you confess your sin, God is faithful, it says, and he's just. He's just. He's a God of justice. But his justice was served in the person of Jesus. And we were justified by faith. Right? So God is just. He's faithful and just. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so the blood of Jesus at that moment washes you and cleanses you and makes you clean. Hallelujah. 
And at that moment, God forgives your sin. God also forgets your sin. In other words, he's not holding that. Well, let's see if he'll do that again. This is the kind of love, this is the kind of everlasting love that God has for us. He had so much love that he sent his son to die for us and to shed his blood and give his life and lay down his life for us. And Jesus gave himself and he loved us enough enough to do that for us. But he also loves us in an everlasting way, in an eternal way. And when we mess up, he loves us enough to forgive us and forget it. How do people have relationships that last a long time? My wife and I have been married 40 years. How do you have a relationship that lasts for 40 years? Or 50 years. Or 60 years. You do some forgiving. And you also do some forgetting. In other words, you don't hold that in your craw. You forgive and you forget. And when you forgive and you forget, your relationship gets richer. But when you hold on to the Things that they did. And and you keep a record. And you're writing it down. In your little mind. Instead, God wants to write his laws, his word in your mind. He wants to write the word of God that says forgive. And you will be forgiven. (laughs) Hallelujah. Forgive. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. Don't hold that. Forgive and forget about it. Because when you do, you're following God. When you do, you're following Jesus. And when you do, you get the blessing that Jesus wants to give you. And God wants to give you. He wants this everlasting love to flow through you. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. And he wants it to flow through you. Not only to you, but through you. And if it can flow to you, it can flow through you. And when it flows through you, your relationships get better. Praise God forever. My primary focus is on God loving you today. But we are also to love one another. Right? Thank God for the love of God. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Hallelujah. Somebody say no more. more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Your sins are remitted. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Having boldness and confidence to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus has washed you. Jesus has cleansed you. Jesus has forgiven you. You have access by the blood of Jesus, not on your own merit, 
You didn't come on your own merit when you got saved, and you don't come on your own merit when you just got forgiven. You come on the blood of Jesus. You come with the basis of the blood. Hallelujah. Your righteousness is based on faith in him, faith in the blood of Jesus. Your standing with God is based on the blood of Jesus, based on your faith in him. And we come with boldness and confidence into the holiest where the blood was placed on the mercy seat and where we find mercy. By the blood of Jesus. So we come, every time you come to God, we should come with the, with the awareness I'm coming by the mercy of God. I'm coming by the blood of Jesus. Every time we pray, we're asking by the mercy and the grace of God. We're petitioning God by, because of his mercy and his grace. We're confident that he hears us. Not only that he hears us, but that he'll answer us. He said, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. In other words, sometimes he does things so much bigger than you ask. He does something exceeding abundantly above what you ask or think. God is able to do something exceeding, abundant, above all that you ask or think because of his love and his goodness. Have you ever done something for your child that was much more than they expected? In fact, they had no expectation of it. But you did it for them because you love them. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you know the Father God is that way. Much more than we are. Verse 20 says, By a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, which he has consecrated for us through the veil. The veil in the temple was rent from top to bottom. But it was indicating his flesh was ripped. His flesh was rent. His flesh was torn. And the veil was hiding the presence of the Lord. In other words, the presence of the Lord was in there and the high priest could go in there with the blood of animals on the behalf of people. But the presence of God is no longer hidden behind a veil. In fact, the temple has been torn down. It's not there. It was destroyed. But there is a presence of God 
where you can access. There is the holy of holies. There is a holy place that you can access. And your only access is through the blood. Your only access is through the blood of Christ. And when you come into the holy of holies, there's mercy with, with God. Because there's a mercy seat there. When you come by the blood of Jesus, there's a mercy seat there. And his mercy is available for your forgiveness, your restoration, your wholeness, your soundness. Go to Hebrews, 10, uh, Hebrews 8 and verse 10. Hebrews 8, verse 10. Verse 10 says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them in their hearts. I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor or every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. How many are glad again for the mercy of God? Hallelujah. I will be merciful to what? Their unrighteousness. I'll be merciful to their sin. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now again, he said he would write this word in their hearts and in their minds. Go with me to Micah 7. Micah, the 7th chapter. Verse 18. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. Who is a God like thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. God delights in mercy. You know, all through the Old Testament, all through before the, uh, in the life of humanity, <laughs> before Jesus Christ and before the cross and the death and the resurrection, he was looking over the sin 
of the people. Yeah, he dealt with people and dealt with sin, dealt with the people because of their sin. But he was really looking to the cross. That's why the prophets prophesied of him. In the law and in the prophets, you hear something about the Christ, the Messiah. And he was looking to the cross because he knew he could really share his mercy with humanity. Through Christ, he could give mercy to anyone. He could show mercy to anyone that would just reach out to him in any way. He delights in mercy. He loves us with an everlasting love, and he draws us with his loving kindness. He will not forget us, but we've seen a couple of scriptures here that tell us clearly that he forgets our sin. Verse 19 says, he will turn again. He will have compassion on us. He will subdue our iniquities. That's for sure what he did on the cross and then the death and the resurrection of Christ. He subdued our iniquities and thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Hallelujah. Not just so you can't see him. So nobody can see him. He casts your sins into the depths of the sea. Amplified Bible says, He will again have compassion on us. He will subdue and tread underfoot our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Go with me to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. The scripture says that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So we're going to establish God forgets it. Turn to your neighbor and say, forget about it. Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgression for mine own sake. He said, I blot out your transgression for my own sake. And will not remember thy sins for his sake. Why? Because he wants relationship with you. He wants fellowship with you. He loves you. He loves humanity. He loved all of humanity. And Jesus gave his life for all of humanity. So humanity could come to God. And God blotted out humanity's sin in the person of Christ. Hallelujah to Jesus. He said, I am he that blotteth out thy transgression for my own sake and will not remember thy sins. 
And then he said, put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. In other words, work with me here. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. God tells us to put him in remembrance of what? Of your sin? No. He's saying, put me in remembrance that God blotted out your sin. In other words, I need you to believe what I have done. I need you to receive what I've done. I need you to declare what I've done. I need you to work with me. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. What is our plead? Our plea is the blood of Jesus. Our plea is what Jesus did for us. Our plea is that God has justified us. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemns? It's not God. Who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather that is risen again. Who is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. So it's not God that is putting us down. It is not God that is pushing us down. It is not God that's pushing us away. It's not God that is condemning us. It is not God who is telling us it's not enough. It is God who is saying, put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Let us have the same plea. Let us agree. Let us come into agreement that the blood of Jesus is the only thing that could ever wash away anyone's sin. It is the only thing that could cause a person to be born again. It is the only thing that could give eternal life. It is the only thing that could bring you out of darkness into light. It is the only thing to deliver you from the power of darkness and translate you into the kingdom of God's dear son. It is the only thing that could give you life eternal and make you righteous in his sight. It's the only thing that could raise you up together with Christ and seat you in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. It's the only thing that could give you this status of royalty. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are the people of God. God has established you as his own child. God has established you as in union with Christ. God has established you as bought with a price. God has established you as purchased with his own blood. God has established you as his very own child. God has established you as a royal priesthood and a holy nation. God has made you one with Jesus. Hallelujah. One with himself. God has established you in the kingdom of God. You're no longer in the kingdom of darkness. You're in the kingdom of light. You're in the kingdom of God's dear son. And it is you in Christ that has been made right with God. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. And God does not remember your sin. When the blood is applied, there's no more sin to be spoken.
spoken about. There's no more sin to be talked about. There's no more sin to be rehearsed. There's no more sin to be thinking about. There's no more sin for you to dwell on. There's no more sin for you to let the devil drive you in the ground. There is no more sin. No, God has washed you, cleansed you, bought you, purchased you, washed you in his own blood, and you're purchased by God himself, and you belong to God now. Hallelujah. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. You belong to God. All of you belongs to God. Your spirit, your soul, your body, you belong to him. And you are the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. Thank God. God doesn't remember your sin. He he doesn't rehearse it. He doesn't come and remind you of it. He says, no, I want you to tell me what I've done. I want you to remind me of what I've done. I want you to remind me of my son. I want you to remind me of the blood he shed. I want you to come into the Holy of Holies where the mercy of God is found. Hallelujah. By the blood of Jesus, it abounds. The mercy of God hallelujah can come to you when you come by the blood and rehearse what Jesus has done hallelujah it's not what you've done it's what Jesus did for you you didn't do it to get in there you didn't do any good works to get in there you didn't it's not your bad or your good that got you in there it's your Jesus that got you in there it's your hallelujah Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise God. Somebody say Jesus. 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 Jesus' blood has washed me clean. Jesus' blood has made me right. Jesus' blood gets me in to the holy presence of God again and again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus.